The greatest religion in the world today is materialism. I'm the body, I'm the controller. The goal in life is to do whatever you want to satisfy your material desires. Though our outer body is decaying, yet our inner body is being renewed day by day. As long as I identify with the body, my goal-oriented nature will be directed to material goals. Flesh and blood, the material body, cannot inherit the spiritual world. But the, the one who is self-realized actually sees the person inside the body. Most people would think, and, and the common understanding, is that religion is just like a source of conflict in the world. And it's not a positive thing. And it just creates this team spirit, us against them. And if you look at the world and if you see the different conflicts, a lot of them are at least like a rooted, rooted or a lot to do with religion and, and this faith versus that faith. And I remember one time I was in the airport. Mm -hmm. I think it was in Toronto. And we were waiting to board the plane. And there was a, a guy from the Middle East. And I, I don't remember exactly how, but somehow we started talking. <clears throat> and he expressed the idea, which you just said, is that religion is the, the worst thing on the, in the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because all it does is, is bring about wars and conflicts and mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And he was coming from a place where all this you know, volatile religious sentiment ex openly expressed, whether it's in the Muslim community with the Sunnis against the Shiites or whether it's the Muslims against the Jews or whatever, whatever. But in that area of the world, there's a lot of open conflict yeah. that results from this, exactly. this idea. And so I said, no, that is not true. This is the product of pseudo-religion. It's not the product of religion. True religion is harmonizing. It's not creating conflict. And so what we see is the conflicts come from sectarian viewpoints and identifying with a particular sect or group or ideology or uh, teaching that is different in some way culturally or, or philosophically or whatever from another group of people who identify with another group of mm -hmm. <laughs> you know people and so they see the difference instead of the similarity and then out of difference comes conflict. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't see the, the harmony, they, they see the discord. We're right and you're wrong. And the other group is saying, well, we're right and you're wrong. Or we're these people and you're those people. Or we're this religion and you're that religion. And as soon as you see that, 
then there's going to be friction. Yeah. But 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 it seems like you I mean in some sense someone may argue that well you're also saying that you know by having this podcast you're you're saying that you know we have the truth and these other people are not like what what's, what's the difference and what what makes it so that you are able to distinguish between right and wrong but not that it creates conflict i mean where there's real truth there's harmony and where there's there's pseudo truth or partial truth or whatever there'll be conflict mm. i mean that's one way mm. so all the great spiritual teachers you know lord jesus christ and others had not taught anything that would produce conflict they taught what will bring about true harmony yeah. because what their basic tenet was is love and true love and there's no conflict in love if there's some disagreement in any relationship if there's actually that more true the love is or deeper the love is or pure the love is the less the conflict and so this is the only thing that brings about harmony in the world but but, but why is yeah is love sorry <laughs> Yeah, is love. That's the only harmonizing fact. But but I'm just like, why isn't that seen in society then? Like, if 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 religion <laughs> is about love and should enable one to come closer to that love that you're speaking about, why why don't we see that in society? Like, <laughs> why is I mean, religion traditionally has been used. I don't know if you agree or not, but it seems like religion has been used as a as a way to control people. To, to tell them, you know, if you don't do this, you're going to go to hell and, and behave and do this, and then you'll be well, good. And Yes, it's a political, not political, it's, a, it's, it's a, a way, as you say, to control people. And yeah. that's not real religion, because let's, let's basically define what real religion is. Mm. There's only one religion. There's not innumerable religions. There's only one religion, and that's love for God. If you take religion in its true meaning of dharma, this is the, the Sanskrit word which denotes uh, religion, if you will, in its true understanding. Religion means occupational duty. Dharma means occupational duty. And it means the occupational duty of the soul, not the culture, not the body, not the time period, any of this stuff. It means the eternal occupational duty of the soul. Mm -hmm. And we are eternally spirit souls. That never changes. So what is the occupational duty of the soul for every single living entity? And that is to love and serve the supreme soul. It's called sanatan dharma. Sanatan means eternal. Dharma means occupational duty. So the eternal occupational duty of the soul is to lovingly serve the supreme soul, to please the supreme soul, 
with your life, with your activities. And that's real religion. So there's only one religion, and that's love for God, and there's only one religious activity, loving service to God. So that's eternally the truth. So in that way, that just shines the light on the lack of true religion amongst all these sectarian groups yeah. and viewpoints and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. See, the true religion is different from the pseudo-religion in that you can't change your true religion. It's the same. You can't change it because you are who you are, eternal child of God. And you will eternally be obligated by your position, not obligated by force, but this is your position, to please God, to serve God, to do the will of God for every individual living entity. But <clears throat> when you break it up and put a material concept on it, and have all these different religions, you can change those. Mm. See? If I'm a Christian today, I can tomorrow decide I'm going to be a Muslim. Mm. And the Muslim can decide to be a Hindu, and the Hindu can decide to be a Christian. And, and the Christian can decide to be a Buddhist, and et cetera, et cetera. I used to be a Christian, now I'm a Hindu. Or I was raised a Christian, but now I'm a Buddhist. See? In other words, it's a material designation, which means I can change it. Yeah. But that's an external material designation based on my viewpoint. Mm -hmm. But beyond all that, I'm still the eternal loving servant of God. The atheist also is the eternal loving servant of God. He has a completely different religion. The greatest religion in the world today is materialism. In other words, if you take religion as a belief system, the greatest religion in the world today is materialism. I'm the body. I'm the controller. I'm the master. I'm the Lord. My will should be done. The goal in life is to do whatever you want to satisfy your material desires, etc., etc., etc. All the tenets of materialism, if you want to take a belief system as being a religion, that's the biggest religion and it's the fastest growing religion mm -hmm. because more and more people are becoming atheists yeah. and moving away from any semblance of following a supreme authority. Yeah. So there is no supreme authority. I'm the supreme authority. Yeah, and if you, and if if you're like, I mean, you're skeptical towards religions. You should also be skeptical towards where you are right now, and you should know that you know, per definition, you are probably being influenced by this biggest belief system that is out there like 
it's not just like you're standing on neutral ground and you can you know choose here and there but you're like continuously being affected to the extent that even brainwashed <laughs> by this belief system that you are your body and and satisfying your body and you know building your prestige in your career and your extended self will make you happy so yes and you don't even need a person telling you that that comes with being in the body hmm. because the mind and the senses are our way to experience life in this world right and everything we experience you know comes back to the idea I'm my mind and I'm my body and I'm my desires and I'm my sentiments and I'm my feelings and mm -hmm. you know et cetera et cetera so material nature in and of itself is the influencing factor right I see and the and the more that I'm convinced of that the more I'll become their agent to convince other people so parents convince their children that they're the body. You're a boy, you're a girl. They hold a mirror in front of the baby and they say, this is you, you, this is you. you he's, the baby's looking at his reflection in the mirror and the parents are saying, yeah, this is you. You see, you're this age. You see, now you're two every birthday. It's a reinforcement. Now you're two. Now you're three. Now you're four. You know, yeah. oh, eat this food. Here's this candy. This will make you happy. You know, ice cream and all the, the things. And here's the toys that you want to play with to make you happy. And they, they just instill this whole thing. Your name is this. You're, you're the son or the daughter of me, yeah. your mother. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, me, your father, and here's your grandfather, and here's your grandmother, and here's your uncles, and here's your aunts, and this is our family, and this is who you are. Yeah. This is your identity. Yeah. But the reason they're promoting it is because they're under the same illusion, too. They were taught the same way. They weren't taught you're not the body. They taught you are the body. Uh, I I just had an Indian friend tell me, <laughs> very funny, and and partially influenced by Vedic teachings, I think still that society. And he said up to the point when he was fifteen, he didn't know when he was when he was born, because he never celebrated birthdays. They never did when he was young, <laughs> so he never oh, so he oh. never knew at which day he was born. <laughs> because in his family they didn't do that. No, no, because. And I and I, like birthdays is is like this giant, like focus on this one person. You are amazing, and and I mean, I, yeah, I I see. Okay, appreciate the person, show your appreciation for the person. But I think it, it we take it a bit far, and and you know, it's like they're the center. You're the enjoyer. You're the master. We're all gonna serve you today. But birthdays should be when you, you help them to serve God, when you help them realize and remember, you know, the temporary nature of the body, that this body is not going to last and that you need to focus on your eternal life, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a, a person, a parent who knows that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
which is it has that knowledge. And they can explain from the very beginning that your spirit soul and you entered, you know, this body. They can explain the whole story. At this time, and then nine months later, mm-hmm. you left the womb and you know, you appeared, you know, in this particular body you're in now. And it's growing and all the things that are true can be taught just as easily as all the things that aren't true. Yes, can be taught. yes, yes, yes. You can teach the truth as easy as you can teach the non-truth. And and it will make. I mean, it makes more sense. I my grandmother just left her body, and so my my brother he's got two kids, and and his his wife told the kids, uh, you know, your grandmother uh, she doesn't exist anymore. And that was like her. Really? Yes. <laughs> And I was like, ooh, <laughs> I discarded that shit. And I was like, well, that's better. It's just like poof. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now it's gone, just poof. Exactly. <laughs> you know. But what do you mean? I mean, you, if you're your body, the body's still there. Like, so how, how, what, huh? What? I mean, the body's there. You say that we're our body. So where? I mean, she's still there then, if she's her body. Yeah. So what doesn't exist? Yes, I... So, I don't know. <laughs> no, but this is this is how the the world is today. People don't have any real, true understanding of life at all. And out of that will obviously come nothing but problems. You know, nothing but problems come from untruth. I mean, tell me any untruth. <laughs> It produces good results. You know, it just doesn't happen. That's why people go to school and spend, you know, a large portion of their life and a lot of money to get an education because it's understood. If you don't have knowledge, if you're ignorant, then there'll be no good result. Hmm? Oh, I'm illiterate. Oh, horrible. You know, or these countries, they have... There's the people in these countries have no education. So the future for them is obviously dismal. You know, we must go there and educate them. <laughs> Too. So it's obvious that, that people understand we need to know the truth, but they don't know what the truth is. Yeah. Yeah. So in their attempt to educate people, they educate them incorrectly. And they try to fabricate a truth and try to make it work. Try to, I, I don't know. I mean, so I wanted us to look at a couple of verses from the, I mean, there are several verses from the Bible. I have a few where it makes it very clear that you are not your body. And, and or at least as clear as the Bible can be. The Bible is a little bit metaphorical, a little bit not so clear always. I mean, that's fair to say, I guess. Or... No, not always. Not always. Yeah, okay. There are some metaphors there, but you know, Jesus spoke, you know, of course there's a lot in the Bible other than the words of Jesus. I mean, the whole Old Testament is nothing to do with the words of Jesus because mm-hmm. <laughs> that was before he appeared. But anyway, taking the words of Jesus He spoke in parables oftentimes because his audience, 
needed that to get the point across. All he was trying to do was get the point across. You know, he, he spoke a lot about the shepherd and the sheep and, you know, how the the shepherd is always caring for the sheep and because they the people were shepherds i mean that's that was yeah. the the way they made their living taking care of sheep and the flock and you know he spoke a lot about that to make it so that people could relate yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so the the devotee of god who delivers the truth will deliver it in a way necessary to get the point across to the audience. Yeah. I see. So 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 it's not time, place, and circumstance. Yeah. So it's not that he was trying to like make it complicated or, or not at no, I see what you mean. He was just he was trying to make it easy. Yeah. <laughs> I see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. It reminds me of a a joke I heard one time. Is It was in a farming, complete farming community. And this farmer went to church. And it turned out that he was the only person there that day. He was the only person who came. And the preacher just got up there and he preached and he went on and on and on. And he preached a long sermon. And after it was over, the farmer said, you know, pastor, you know, that was really a long sermon today, you know, and, you know, I'm the only guy here, and you just preached and preached and preached. And the pastor said, well, you know, when you go to feed your, your cow and only one cow comes, you know, don't you still feed the, that cow? And he said, yeah, but I don't give them all the hay that's in the barn. <laughs> I see. Uh-huh. So yeah. So anyway, that's the idea. This was a farmer, and the preacher was relating to the farmer in terms that he could. And of course, the farmer's reply was what it was. Yeah. But Jesus was speaking to to the people at that time. Yeah. They were farmers. They were fishermen. You know. He went to, you know, the fishermen and, uh, and talked to them in a certain way that they could relate to. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll make you fishers of men. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Um, well, so this is... Oh, yeah. Okay. So it looks like many, maybe I think all of the quotes that I have are from Corinthians. Um, but But we can maybe just like... I'll read them one by one, and you can see if you want to comment on it. Uh, and and I don't have a specific order. I'll just start from the top from the quotes that I have. And this is Corinthians, Second Corinthians four. Sixteen. Uh, Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though our outer body is decaying, yet our inner body is being renewed day by day. Yeah. So inner body, he's referring to the spiritual body, you know, the spirit self. <laughs> and the outer body is the material body. Obviously, it's decaying. Yeah. You know, that's <laughs> the destiny of the material body. Every day, second by second. But the inner body is being renewed 
daily by spiritual food. Yeah. That's wonderful. And then it says, while this is Second Corinthians four eighteen, then while while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Yeah, your camera's messing up again. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, what do I do with that? <laughs> I'll just restart I it. I don't know. Here we okay, go. Okay, <laughs> yeah, there you go. You're back. Mm-hmm. Let me know if it does it again, because I can't see myself when I'm reading. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so, yeah, that's clear. We look at the Read it again. While we look read at, we will look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So it's saying that there are things that can't be seen. Well, yeah, the things that are seen are the material things. Right. I mean, you see them right. with your material eyes. Right. But that which is not seen are, you know, the spiritual truths, you know, which are eternal, or the spirit soul, which is eternal. Anything spiritual is eternal. So when it mentions eternal, that means spiritual. Yeah. Because your material eyes can see material things only. Because they're materialized, and the material is temporary, but the eternal that you cannot perceive or see is, you know, yes. it's not, can't catch it with your eyes. Like if you look at a person, you see with your eyes the material body and so on. Right. See, But the, the one who is self-realized actually sees the person inside the body. Like, and made it like I don't know in Avatar, the first Avatar movie. She this I don't know what what the name was. She she told this Jake that he like he was in this Avatar clothing, and she said like I see you, Jake. Like she saw him like behind this body. You know, she saw him. Yeah, but that was that was a point I I grabbed from that movie. Yeah, yeah. He came back in, you know, that body. Right. She knew he was the same person because she'd yeah. only known him yes. in the other body. Yes, yes. But when he came back in now, what was the name of the people? The Nav Narvik and uh, Nav anyway, whatever it was. Yeah. Anyway, when what was the name of those people? Huh? In Avatar. Navi. Yeah. The Navi, that's what... Oh, I mean. Navi, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. The Navi. Navi. So when he came back in the Navi body, she saw him. It's, it's him. It's not like, who are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> because she was re knowing the person, not the body. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, but I, I caught that immediately when I saw that. Yeah, me too. Like that was one, And so there are, you know, that was a nice lesson you know yeah um so this is first corinthians 15 40 42 44 47 50 
I might just read it one by one. Um, so there's a heavenly body uh, and the earthly body, but the glory of, a, of the heavenly is one and the glory of the earthly is another. There's a heavenly body. Mm-hmm. The glory of the heavenly is one. So they're separate and the glory of the earthly is yeah. another. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In other words, the earthly body is glorious because of, you know, whatever the material situation is. It's beautiful. Right. It's yeah, long, exactly. It's vibrant. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. You know, whereas the heavenly body, the spiritual body, the spiritual person, that's on another whole level of level of being glorious. Let's see. Not not just like temporarily these all these labels, like you said, young and beautiful and everything and famous in a worldly sense. Right. Um and then so also is the resurrection of the dead, the earthly, perishable body is sown and the imperishable spiritual body is raised. Read that again. Let's let's try to. So also is the resurrection of the dead. The earthly perishable body is sown, and the imperishable spiritual body is raised. Sown meaning planted in the earth. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, And the heavenly bodies... The spirit soul that wow. goes on, but that that's interesting. That describes the, res- the resurrection. What what that actually means, which is the concept. Yeah, the soul. Yeah, soul leaves the body. Right. It doesn't mean that you like come back in your material body, and your material body comes to life again, and you're living in that body eternally. Like no, 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 no. There's no indication of that. No. The imperishable spiritual body is raised. So, well, we could we yeah. could talk about that sometime. By the way, resurrection—that's another topic for some other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, where there is a material body, there is also a spiritual body. In other words, there is a spirit soul. If you see like the symptoms of like life, like what I was talking about in introduction classes, you see activity. You see. Uh, exchange of of love basically someone you you relate to someone in this material body then you know that that's because it's life in that body then and the consciousness and activity comes from that spirit soul who is in the body yeah who's using the body right now and that's why it's appears to be moving and relating and you know it's actually spirit soul relating and moving and (laughs) right doing all these things where there is a material body, there is also a spiritual body. The first body is from the earth, earthly. The second body from heaven. Yeah. From heaven means spiritual then? That's what you would say. The heaven is referred often to in the Bible, meaning the spiritual world. Yeah. See? So we... I won't get into it, but we learn in the material world there's heavenly planets and then there's middle planets and lower planets, but they're still all a part of the material world. Mm -hmm. So here, throughout the Bible, when it speaks of heavenly, it's talking about 
the spiritual world and the eternal world. Right. So people have just, you know, developed an understanding when we say something is heavenly, it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, it, it just tastes heavenly. You know, it tastes wonderful. It's, it's seen as a, a sentence, uh, it's synonymous with pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, heavenly. But really, true understanding of heaven as used in the, the Bible is the spiritual world beyond all, you know, material influence and material energy, except And material enjoyment. And material enjoyment. Mm. And uh, now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, that the perishable cannot inherit the imperishable. Yeah, and that's very clear. Flesh and blood, the material body, cannot inherit the spiritual world. The perishable cannot inherit the imperishable. Spirit is eternal. The material body goes in the ground, like you said, it's sown. Yeah. You know, it's planted in the earth. <laughs> and it will stay there. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll stay there and decay, decay. and go back yeah. a few years later and it's gone, uh-huh. you know, just some bones. Yeah. Or or not now that we're eating so much, you know, things. The corpse never, corpses today never decay, you know. That's a big problem they have because we're yeah. filled with plastic and... Oh. Mm. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then Second Corinthians 5, 5 to 6, 8... Therefore, we're always of good courage and know that while at home with the body, while we are at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer to rather be absent from the body and at home with the Lord. Which means you exist out of the body as well as in the body. See, And again, referring to the idea that in the material world in our material bodies, we're away from the spiritual world. Mm -hmm. We're away from the Lord. Mm. And it would be preferable to be out of the body and at home with the Lord, back in the spiritual world, you know, with the Lord in His abode. Yeah. But it continues, right? I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up in the third heaven whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. Maybe that's a different... Yeah, that's yeah. later, actually. Yeah, that's a different verse. That's a later. But I thought part of that other verse was whether, whether yes. you know, in the body and away from the Lord or out of the body and with the Lord, our only desire is to please the Lord, serve the Lord. So we can please the Lord and serve the Lord either in the material world or in the spiritual world, because service to the Lord is not dependent on being in the body or out of the body. It's the relationship of eternal spiritual love that constitutes the, the loving service to the Lord. can be done here, can be done in the spiritual world. Kind of like whatever equipment you have, like... I guess that's what you're saying, like, because we're here now, obviously we have a material body, so 
you know, whether we like that or not, we have it. We can use it <laughs> while we have it. <laughs> yeah, you can use it for its intended purpose of serving the Lord. Hmm. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to also be in this world and be of service without a material body. I guess you know, if if you feel like you want to help others and serve in this way. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're in this world, you're going to be in the material world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how it comes. <laughs> you know, yeah. this is our earth suit. <laughs> like I'm, like these astronauts going to the moon, you know, putting on this like special gear to be able to survive on the moon, like the moon suit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, material bodies are for those in the material world. You don't need you don't need nor do you have material bodies in the spiritual world. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. The perishable cannot inherit the imperishable. Hmm. That's very very clear. And and this is by the way I mean, it, it makes it very clear in the Bhagavad Gita, and I just, just like to add it another layer. But I don't know if we want to do that in a separate podcast, or well, it doesn't describe it clearly in the Bible, but but the Vedas make it very clear that you have basically two bodies, right? You have the subtle body, which is your mind, your mental body, and then you have the gross physical body, which is like the body that you see, the atoms and molecules and whatever. Like, yeah. So it's in the in the Bhagavad Gita. It even goes so far as to describe what elements make up the physical body and which elements make up the mental body. Yeah. Material elements. Yeah. So there's a lot more detail available mm -hmm. in the Vedas, mm -hmm. just because that's that's the way it's presented. I mean, it's. Very elaborate detail in all these categories of understanding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, I guess as a, I mean, I didn't want to make it too long, but just like to relate back to what we started saying and 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 to put this in perspective. So we've discussed this briefly. This the words from the Bible, but kind of like why is this important? Then who? Why is it? Uh, how, how can this? truth be applied if we talk about like applying the truths that we always mention i think we, we say you know don't just hear it but also apply it how do you apply this truth and why is it of relevance well if you don't know who you are you think you're the body i mean everyone needs a goal in life i mean that's <laughs> we're goal-oriented people mm-hmm and if I think I'm the body, then all my goals will be material goals. And what, what is it that we think we'll achieve when we get whatever goal we set? Some additional happiness or satisfaction, a feeling of accomplishment or whatever it is. In other words, the goals are to better our life, mm -hmm. right? So if I think I'm the material body and mind, and usually we don't differentiate, we just kind of lump the two together. I'm me, now my mind, my body, it's all just yeah, yeah. me. Mm -hmm. You know, very rare does a person kind of 
break it apart and try to look at each one right. separately and so on. But anyway, when I'm thinking like that, I'm thinking, how am I going to make it so I enjoy more? How am I going to make it so my existence, my life, mm -hmm. is better than it is now? Yeah. Will I be more happy? Will I be more famous, which relates back to I'll feel good about myself, you know, false pride and whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. So anyway, as long as I identify with the body, my goal-oriented nature will be directed toward material goals. But if I understand I'm not the body, and I'm really spirit-soul, and what will make me happy is a spiritual achievement, spiritual goals, spiritual uh, accomplishments. So now I have another direction. My goal-oriented nature is now directed towards spiritual success, not material success. And then we learn more and more what spiritual success really means, et cetera, et cetera. So it's necessary to know these truths. And then I can apply that very, very perfectly under the guidance of a bona fide spiritual teacher. Mm -hmm. So if I want to be successful spiritually, that's my goal, then the spiritual master can actually guide me in achieving this. He can help me in my pursuit of this goal. Just like Jesus helped his disciples, by the way, as his as a spiritual master of his disciples. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what did Jesus do with the people he met? Basically, to everybody he would listen, he told them the truth. Those few individuals that stepped out of their everyday life and became his ardent disciples and followers, he taught them what they should do with their life. See, he gave them spiritual food. You know, there's one passage from the Bible, man cannot live by bread alone, but from every word that comes from the mouth of God. Mm. So he gave them spiritual bread, spiritual food, in the form of instructions, guidance, using parables, using, you know, his personal example to show them, okay, I'm doing this, you should do it too. See, follow me. What did he say? You know, become like I am, follow me. Yeah. So he was known, technically, if we understand it, as an acharya, teacher by his personal life's example. You know, he didn't tell them to do one thing, and he did something different. Whatever he told them they should do, he was already doing. And they just could follow his perfect example, take his words of instruction, take his, his you know, adjustments, okay? You know, the spiritual master is like that. Your basic understanding is right, but your execution is not as it should be. You should do it like this and not like that. Right. You're making a mistake here, making a mistake there. Your goal is right, your intention is right, but let me help you execute it right. more perfectly, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So that's what he did. He was giving them spiritual food every day. 
So it wasn't just about the bread, you know, on the table. It was about the words coming from his mouth that they ingested. That was their uh, opportunity to feast on that food. So food for the body, yes, you need that. Yeah. But you can't live by that alone. And unfortunately, that's what's happening in the world today. People are only living on material food or bread and no spiritual food. And that's why people are starving inside. You know, they're full to the gills externally and they're completely starving internally. You know, and that manifests itself in all the, the dark ways that it does. Depression, anxiety, frustration, emptiness, loneliness, you know, dependency on substitutes, mm-hmm. you know, drugs and alcohol and all forms of intoxication. and You know, mm-hmm. the madness of the world today is because people are starving. You know? When people get desperate, they'll go to any means to try to get the food. Yeah, I was going to say, if you starve materially, you do, you do whatever. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it's a terrible situation in Israel, Palestine right now. And I just read today that people are, are starving and they're breaking into warehouses and, you know, doing whatever they have to do to get food. I mean, you're not going to stop when you're on the verge of starvation. You know, so people are starving spiritually, but they don't know even what's wrong. You know, they don't even know what's wrong. They're misinterpreting it and think, well, the solution is some material adjustment or, you know, getting something else. Or, and they get so desperate and then well, drugs will do it. Yeah. You know. Or alcohol will do it, and it destroys them further, you know, and they wind up worse off than they were. And it just drives them to madness and suicide and all the things that are so common in society today. I mean, this is really the root. It's spiritual starvation. And until you address that, there's no answer. There's no solution, you know. And suicide is not the answer either. So the this wise man, the spiritual master, Jesus Christ, he taught us where the real solution is. And those who listened benefited greatly. You know. And those who didn't, well, <laughs> they have to suffer the result. And um, yeah, and you're not gonna start to entertain a solution to the problem if you don't see the problem, and if you're not aware that you're 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 in need of spiritual food, then you wouldn't. Why would you even, you know, entertain the idea of maybe you need spiritual food if you're in the illusion that you are your material body? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't talk to her personally, but Mila here talked to a girl last night. Mm-hmm. And she, Astana is another city here in Kazakhstan, and she, she went to Astana and did whatever she did. I don't know the, any detail. 
And when she came back, she was so depressed. And she thought, what am I going to do here? What am I going to do with this depression? What is, who am I? What is my goal in life? You know, what am I really trying to accomplish? And she said, and finally, after thinking, thinking, I discovered my goal. And so she, Mila asked her, well, what is your goal? She says, it's a secret I can't tell you. Oh, <laughs> but, but she came so to... So we don't know what her goal... But, but she came to you know, meditation so class, I mean... She came like, yeah, to, to our, our program oh, yesterday. And uh, she's, uh, you know, but unfortunately, I don't know what her goal is, and she's decided, okay, I'm going to do this. And I feel much better now, see. But unless it's the real goal, it's just an illusion. You know, it's not going to help. Mm. So that's how it is. People oftentimes understand, I need to change something. But they don't know what to change, and many times they're not really to ex ready to accept what they really need to do. See, there's still a hope that something besides this will solve the problem. <laughs> Because this is not what people are looking for in oh, most man. cases. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Thank you. Well, anyway. I think, I think we, we, well, we better have a chance. Yeah. End it, I think. Yeah. yeah. We better end it. Thank you very much. As always, we'll end it with spiritual food. <laughs> Transcendental sound, these mantras that we chant and encourage other people to chant, are spiritual food. They are not material bread. See, they're divine food. And if we come in contact with this, see, get nourished daily, you know. Our daily bread. As Jesus nourished his, his followers, uh -huh. daily bread. Mm -hmm. You know, then we'll gradually become healthy, spiritually healthy. And even with material health, when you're really healthy, you feel really good. You know, you feel satisfied, you feel strong, you feel good. You know, but when you feel not physically healthy, you just don't feel good. So when you're spiritually healthy, the more healthy you become, the better you feel. And it's real. It's not just temporary. Right. No. Okay. Haribo, Nitai Gore, Nitai Gore, Haribo. Or Goranga, whatever. Haribo, Nitai Gore.
Haribo Ritaikor Ritaikor Haribo Haribo Ritaikor Let 
Yeah, so, you know, people think, maybe they think, some people think, that all this with Jesus and everything was long ago and it doesn't apply now, and et cetera, et cetera, and this is the modern world. And, but no, this is eternal truth. It can be applied eternally. And the mantras are eternal, transcendental sounds. They are not sectarian. No matter what your belief system is, they will enhance your spiritual understanding, your spiritual development. That's important to know. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, we like to put emphasis on that. No matter what your belief system is, the chanting of the mantras will enhance your spiritual development. Not be in the way, not replace it, but enhance it. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Valakia. Um, okay, everybody, thank you for joining. Thank you, Ruben. Thank you. And if anyone has any questions or thoughts or remarks, please write to us and we can address things in our later episodes from this. Yeah, let us hear from you. Yeah. And share this with other people. You know. In the Bible, it says, don't keep your talents, you know, buried in the ground, you know. So, What's a talent? You know, or like talent is coin. Talents at that time, whatever abilities you have, whatever truth you know, uh, you know, you may not remember the story. We'll talk about it another time. Anyway, <laughs> okay. But it's a, it's a nice another you know story from the Bible that is absolutely applicable today. A little gem of wisdom, you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you, Ruben. Thank you, Slava, for your help as always. We'll see everybody next time. Haribo. Thank you. Namaste, Haribo. Namaste. <laughs>